welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, it's Jessica from the podcast, and I'm so glad to be with you for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Today I'm speaking with Katie Richardson. She is the mastermind behind the brand Pudge, that's P-U-J, and she has amazing bathtubs and all kinds of bath-related and kid-related products that are truly amazing and trying to answer the problems that everyday moms face. She herself is a mom of four, so she is well-versed in the needs of mothers of all ages and stages, and she's trying to address those needs through her products. Not only that, but she has a delightful presence online where she is encouraging other mothers to just believe in themselves with confidence and joy, and that is why I wanted to talk to her today. I know you're going to love getting to know Katie if you're not already familiar, and if you are already familiar with her, we're going to dive a little deeper into her motherhood journey. There are some sound quality issues, so I do apologize for that, but hopefully you'll be able to overlook them because the content and the value of her comments are just so amazing. We dive deeper into her Pudge journey and how she's been able to get rid of the things that she feels obligated to do and taking the shoulds out of her life. Oh, you're gonna love it so much. Let's get to it with Katie. All right, I would welcome Katie Richardson. Hi, Katie. Hello, Jessica. How's it going? Very well. Good. Great day. Yes. Whenever I send my son, my seven-year-old son, off to school, before he gets out of the car, we repeat, today is going to be a great day. And it's you know, really works. You know, it's a good mantra. It is. It is. I think your mindset has a lot to do with what actually happens during the, your day, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, even when it's not going quite as well. And even this morning I said, Parker, let's have a competition. Who can have a better day today? And when I pick you up from oh, school, because so he's cute. just been kind of struggling with transition and stuff, and I just said, oh, when I pick you up from school, I want to hear everything that was awesome. And I'm going to tell you everything that was awesome about my day, and we'll see whose day was more awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's a good form Something of competition. Yes. So where am I speaking to you from today? I am in Vancouver, Washington. I'm just on the other side of the river from Portland, Oregon. So I'm not in Canada, which okay. people frequently think. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's actually not raining right now, so I'm loving that. That's amazing. How, are you from that area? I originally grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, which is the opposite of this. Yeah. Dry, desert, sunny most of the year. I lived in my swimming suit as a kid. So, but I love the Pacific Northwest. It's just so green and gorgeous and totally different climate. Yeah, I love it here. That's awesome. How did you end up there? So I went to Brigham Young University and I studied industrial design and met my husband in the program there. And he was originally from the Pacific Northwest. Mm. And I had visited here when a friend got married. And I fell in love with the place and I saw so much green and moss and shrubbery and just beautiful trees everywhere and I just when I came here I felt like I thought places like this only existed in the movie yeah <laughs> people can awesome. live, here. I live here and so when we graduated we were um, trying to find jobs in the same place and I really wanted to come to Portland so we both found jobs actually at competing design firms oh. in Portland Awesome. That's great. And yeah. you both were in the same program. Is that how you met? Yes. 
that's yep. awesome. it's a BYU is a very large university. I believe they have over thirty thousand students, but um, the industrial design program is very. I like to call it elite or exclusive, mm-hmm. and they admit about 15 or 20 students a year, and I was the only girl. Cool. I was a, the only girl in a group of a lot of very talented guys, and um, my husband and I just really hit it off as friends at first, and then I realized I really liked this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Were you intimidated at all, being the only female? Um, Not really. I... I kind of liked that, actually. Sure. Um, I I really focused a lot on not just the design process, but the making process. I took a lot of woodworking classes, foundry, um, metal grinding, uh, welding, and I really liked that process of building and making things, and I loved the practical and um, realistic application of it, so there was this artistic sculpting side of me that was being satisfied and at the same time I'm a really practical person and so I loved that I could make these beautiful designs that were functional Mm. Um, and I just I loved that about the industrial design program and so I just I really fit in with the guys because I liked to get dirty yeah that's awesome did you have a dream of what you would end up designing or creating in the end so in school, I really focused a lot on furniture, actually, mm. and I was part of a national competition, and I won some awards for that, which was awesome. And it was a combination of wood and bent wood and metal. Um, and I, I just love furniture design because you can you can create something that's so beautiful and is giving off certain energy and emotions when you look at it, but then at the same time, it's really functional because you're using it regularly and daily. Yeah. So do you make anything for your own home now? Um, that's a good question. I have a limited tool shop right now. I've got a great tabletop router that I bought at a garage sale. I've got a lot of hand tools. So I do stuff here and there. The coolest thing in our house, though, is we our home was a dump in a really nice neighborhood, and we mm-hmm. bought it and we fixed it up ourselves. Cool. And our favorite favorite feature is we created this secret passageway network that has six entrances and four different levels, and we custom made some ladders that go in this um, network of hidden passageways through the house, and the kids love it because we live in the Northwest, and it's raining so much of the year. It's fun for them to have some sort of like an indoor play area, Um, and there's the small room under the stairs that connects a closet that you can secretly then go up to the next level and then another level. So it's just really fun and it's different and it's unique and it's very us. That is so unique. That is really cool. That is like a child's dream, you know, growing up in something like that. So this is a motherhood podcast. And so we are going to talk about your business, Pudge, that has grown, I'm sure, beyond your wildest dreams. And now you're designing stuff for moms and for babies. And I bet you just love that. We're going to go into that. But I want to take you back, Katie. Tell me about your family right now, and t- let's go back to early motherhood days. What sure. were those early days like for you? So we, I got married at, I think it was 22, and I always knew that I wanted to be a mother. I grew up in a family of six. My mother was home with us all the time, and she was really crafty and creative. And she also worked a lot with her hands, and she had a lot of tools in the garage, and she would cut out pieces of wood in different shapes, and then we would paint them. 
And we even sold them at, like, local craft fairs. And it was really fun as a kid to have that outlet and have that time with my mother, which I loved. And so... Um, where was I going with all of this? That was that was a lot of my. That was your example, was, yeah. Was working together with my mom, and so I, I always knew I wanted to be a mother. And soon after we got married, I was ready for a family. <laughs> Even though I was young, I was just graduating from college, and um, so we had our first child two years into our marriage, and I was staying home with him and loving this but at the same time your whole world is just turned upside down sure and what you think is just going to be this awesome dreamy take this baby with me everywhere um it wasn't like that at first and I wasn't getting sleep and I wasn't getting exercise and it was hard to even eat right because I was just always taking care of a baby and every mother knows what this is like Mm -hmm. and I couldn't even believe that my mother had had six kids here I had one and I just felt like man am I going to survive this (laughs) But at the same time, you have that contrast of so many beautiful moments of you and your spouse and your baby together and so much joy and love. There was so much of it that I was enjoying, but there was a part of me, a piece of me, this, these talents and these gifts that I had and all these ideas that I had that were not being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it was, I had this dilemma of, do I just put that on hold for the next 15, 20 years? Or do I keep my hand in this world of design and creativity that I have gifts and talents for and that I have a passion for and that I love? Is there a way that I can keep my hand in that and still be a full-time mom? And luckily, I was born in a day and age when, yes, (laughs) that is a possibility. We live in the most amazing time in the history of the world where you can be a full-time attentive mother and at the same time connect to people in a different way through your business, Mm -hmm. which is what I decided to do. And I just, you know, in the beginning especially, so much of my work was done in the downtimes when they were napping or when they were asleep at night. And so I would would stay up late some nights, and I was just so excited and driven to work on this because as I would make products and I would put them in other mothers' hands, I could see how we were connected. And I, it was so exciting to me to know that I had come up with this idea and I had created a solution that was helping them spend quality time with their children. And I loved it. Sure. I loved it. Sure. And, and so what, was that bathtubs? Sorry. Was that bathtubs that you were designing or what were you designing? Well, in the beginning, I the tool that I had in my home was a sewing machine. I had inherited mm. my mother's, I say inherited, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> Taken ownership I, of, yeah. <laughs> I took my mother's 1962 Bernina. It's this beautiful sewing machine that's made from all machined parts. It is a tank, and it's really powerful. And I took her sewing machine, and I just started making stuff like blankets and hats and shoes and a sling. And that's actually how I got started with, with the sling. I mm. had a really minimal sling design that was so small, it was almost the size of a pillowcase. And you could just throw it in your diaper bag because what I found was so often my kids were ending up in my arms at times when I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the Bjorn with me and I didn't have a stroller with me. We'd be at the grocery store and, you know, my 18-month-old wants me to carry him and push a shopping cart. That's where I'm at, right this second. Yes, Uh uh uh-huh. Or you'd have just like a quick, you need to run something into the UPS office or just like 
need to grab two items from the grocery store. There were a lot of this in and out, in and out of car seat, in and out of the store. And I just wanted a really fast, simple solution. So I came up with a sling. Actually, most people don't even know that about me. No, I That's didn't. how Pudge got started was with a baby carrier. And it was just a simple tube of fabric. And my design was such that it was really easy to put on and easy to store. And it was just a quick, solution. convenient way to be hands-free at a moment's notice. And it really started because you needed it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's how great ideas are born. And I think we underestimate the power of those ideas for other people and their use for them as well. Because we think, oh, well, it's just my, you know, simple little sling. But no, look what it led to. Well, and that's really how it did get started. I was just making cool. these things for myself. And then I would have women chasing me down at the grocery store or um, in the post office saying, where did you get this? And one time I was wearing it at a children's boutique, and the boutique owner came over to me, and she said that. Where did you get this? And I said, oh, and you know, I was, I really hadn't worked much since I had gotten my degree. I did a little bit of freelance, but I still didn't have a lot of confidence as a designer. Mm. And even though I'd won so many awards in school and I'd done really well in school, I still had a bit of an imposter syndrome, and it was even hard for me to call myself a designer, so I just felt like I hadn't earned that title yet. And I was in her boutique wearing a bunch of, um, I was wearing this sling, and then my son had on shoes and a blanket and a hat that I had also made, and she came over and like grabbed me <laughs> by the shoulders, stared me square in the face and said, where did you get this stuff? And I said, oh, you like your things. It's just stuff that I make. And she was like, oh, well, I go to all the trade shows, and this is hot. Can I buy some from you? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I've got two young kids, and I was kind of giving her all these excuses. And she was like, look, you have a gift. You need to do something with it. (laughs) And she was really aggressive, and it kind of scared me at first. And I came home that day, and I told my husband about it. I'm like, somebody wants to buy some slings from me. And he was like, what? <laughs> and he was super excited. He is he is a true entrepreneur. And I didn't even know what that word was mm. for so long until I was on the cover of the magazine. <laughs> um, but I, I was just, I saw myself as, I'm just a mom who likes to make things. And... So this local boutique wanted to buy some for me. That's cool. Awesome. And I had my mom, who is a great seamstress, I said, Mom, can you make some of these for the store? So she did. And the woman sold out of them within a week. Hmm. And she called me again. She's like, I need more. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so the next time I called my mom, I said, Mom, let's make 100 this time. I think she had made 15. Mom, let's make 100 this time, and I'll even go to a couple other boutiques and see if they want them. And I went into Portland, and I walked into a couple other boutiques, and I told them, I showed them my sling. And again, I didn't have a sales pitch. I was just a mom who liked to make things. Yeah. And I, I happened to be a really um, intentional designer who had a great design. And it, I didn't know this at the time. It was so unique, but every boutique I walked into placed an order. And so we sold out of those 100 within a couple weeks. And my husband definitely took notice, and he was like, Katie, we've got to do something about this. <laughs> and so I worked with him to create a brand and um, identity. I found a manufacturer who then made thousands of slings, and I went to 
Seattle and San Francisco, and I did the same thing. I just walked into boutiques, and I just said, hi, my name is Katie Richardson. I'm a mother, and I'm also a designer, and I make this sling, and it's called Pudge, and it's really cool, and here's how it works. Let me show you. And, um, again, I sold all these boutiques. <laughs> and um, so it, it just was a testament to, you know, being a mom, first of all, and really understanding the needs of that mother and what was most important. Because at the time, people were trying to tell me, uh, I needed to change my design. It needs to have a pocket. It needs to have a zipper. It needs to have belts and buckles and straps. And I just kept saying no to all of that. Mm. And I stayed true to the design. And I kept it really, really simple. And in the end, that's what people loved about it, was yes. it was so simple. And it was speaking to people, and it was really solving a problem. That's so that's actually, cool. that's the, the story before the story of Pudge was that baby sling. Okay, well then just keep going. So then what? This is like a riveting, not I hope you're writing a book someday because this is just, I mean, it's every I know, entrepreneur's this, dream. Um, uh -huh. I do need to write a book. You do. So as I was selling this and I ended up signing with a, a rep, a sales rep in LA and she was taking it to trade shows and we were continuing to sell it. Um, my husband and I got the idea for the Pudge, what is now the Pudge Tub. And I hated that thing because it was so complicated. It just felt like such a chore. And in the end, my baby was crying, and they weren't happy, and I was all wet, and it was just really hard to set up and clean up, and it was just a really big chore. And mm -hmm. I noticed myself avoiding it. And over Christmas break once, my husband and I, him being the entrepreneur but still working a day job, he was like, Katie, we're going to come up with something that's going to allow me to quit my job. And I was like, okay. Well, I hate bath time. Let's solve that problem. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a list of everything that the ideal bathing solution would have. It would hang in store flat. It would be easy to set up. It would be comfortable for the baby so that they don't cry and they're just feeling safe and secure. Um, and what we ended up doing was modeling the current Pudge Tub design after a brown paper sack. Now, nobody takes up a brown paper sack and says, this thing's brilliant. Well, when you really stop and you think about it, it's super smart. Yes. It hangs, it stores flat, and then it pops open to hold volume. Nobody has to hand you instructions on how to use this brown paper sack. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple that it just is intuitive. And that's what I wanted my product to be. It was so simple, so intuitive, that it just worked really well. And I started making, well, first started with sketches and then started making small paper prototypes and um, kind of developed the geometry of the punch tub. And then I started exploring materials and I made a first prototype. I handed it to my neighbor who had just had a baby and I said, try this thing out. And I went back to her after a couple of days to get it back. And she was like, what, Katie? No, I, 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 I need it. it. <laughs> I don't want to give it back. I'm like, do you like it? like yeah I love it and then I you know continued to hand that same prototype to other girlfriends refining the design and then I took a prototype to a trade show in New York and I thought this is it we've spent two years developing this product we have sacrificed I've um we've put any money that we have into patents and the design and development of this product we've been living on literally rice and beans for the last two years just so that we could afford to pay for the development of this punch tub. We were going to live our dream. And I take it to New York, 
and I show it at the New York Gift Fair. I believe the show is, is now called New York Now. This was the show that was going to change our life. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Target and Pottery Barn and, I, like, all these cool new dot-coms because this was in 2007. And it was just such an exciting time in the world, and I just thought, this is going to take off. And at the end of the day, nobody placed an order for my bathtub. Nobody. I came home from New York with zero orders. Zero wow. orders. And it was devastating. And I, I had failed. Oh. This is where I get emotional. <laughs> I know, and we've all had those moments. Maybe it's not at, at the trade show. We've all had those moments where it, we feel like the buildup is there, and then you feel like nothing. Like now it's nothing after all that. Yes, so and I just I really felt like I let my family down. Oh, oh. And everything was riding on this happening and happening and taking off, and it didn't. And um, I came home so defeated. I was. It was hard to even face my husband, and he was not let down at all. In fact, he was even more driven than ever. And. You know, at this, at this trade show, people were asking me a lot of questions like, do you carry insurance? What are your lead times? What's your retail price? What's your wholesale price? What does the retail package look like? And on and on and on. And I was way out of my league, Jessica. And I think mm-hmm. it was very clear to them and um, that this was just a prototype and that there wasn't manufacturing set up behind it. And um, So I came home, and as I shared all of this with my husband, he was like, Katie, we just have to answer these questions. And then we're going to be shipping this thing all over the world. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he totally believed in it and wow. believed in me. And, you know, that's something that I like to share with people is we all have those moments of doubt um, and fear and just feeling, like, inadequate and not having the confidence that we need to move forward, whether that's, um, you know, messing up with our kids and yelling at them or um, – Maybe you are trying to start a business and pursue that, but we all have these moments of doubt, and um, it's in those moments that I look back on my life. They were really pivotal moments, and I had to turn to the beliefs that others had in me in those moments when I was doubting myself the most. And at that moment, I didn't believe in myself anymore, but my husband did, and I had to believe him, and I had to trust him that there was something here and that we could make it work. And so he said, Katie, we're going to answer all these questions. We're going, to, we're going to find manufacturing overseas. We're going to drop our price and on and on and on. We're going to get the insurance. We're going to have a package for it. And then we're going to take it to the ABC Kids show in Las Vegas. And this was 2009. So we spent another year, Jessica, on this product. We refined the design even more. We source manufacturing, we drop our price, we take it to this trade show. And as we're setting up at the show, I get all those voices of doubt in my head again. I'm looking around at all these, you know, multi-million dollar companies around me and all the tens and even hundreds of thousands of dollars that they have to build a house, essentially, for their trade show booth. Mm. And I'm just building a booth off of an annex that they (laughs) randomly sent to us and hand-constructing this this booth and I was really doubting myself and the show opens and from the start our booth was packed <gasps> we had an, we had an all white booth and it was a really
about, I don't know if anybody's ever been to a trade show, but they are visually very noisy. People have a lot of big, bold pictures and color and lots going on. And we felt like, let's be so understated that it's a huge contrast. Mm. And our floor was white. Our wall was white. Our giant logo on the white wall was white. Our displays were white. Our product was white. Everything in the booth was white. And it was such a stark contrast, and it was such a bold statement in a very understated way, and we really stood out. Mm. And everybody who came into our booth, Jessica, placed an order. Everybody who came into the booth. And we that was the show that really um, launched Pudge. Wow. And... You know, six months after that, we were on the Rachel Ray show, and a couple of months after that, we were on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And those things just happened organically. We were a company who was solving a pro- problem in a very innovative, clever way, and it, we were getting noticed. Wow. And in that first year, Jessica, we went from zero to a million dollars, and we were finally on the map. We were Man. somebody. Wow. So what does that say so about so much pushing through? Yeah. Well, what does that say about you? You went from feeling so defeated a year prior to that, feeling like you'd worked so hard and maybe it's worth giving up on if if you had just been left to your own vices, but your husband helped you to just solve the problems. And what did that really teach you a year later when suddenly things were happening? There's a lot of development that goes on in a product and a company. And it's a lot of making little tweaks that will ultimately Mm. lead you to a really great product. And in the beginning, it still needed some of those little tweaks in a lot of different areas. Sure. And by taking the time to make those tweaks and really hone in the design, hone in the brand, hone in the messaging, then we ended up with this really beautiful product. And as a product designer, that's what you do. You're constantly refining and improving your design and at some point you have to ship you have to ship your product yeah (laughs) which is which is what I did when I took it to that first trade show in New York I was essentially shipping my product and I was showing it to people because I could have sat in my room for another year and just worked on it without showing it to people but it's really important to shorten your feedback loops and to constantly be getting feedback and improving and tweaking your design, which is what we ended up doing. That's huge. And I think the same thing can be said about motherhood, right? It's like sometimes we feel like if we're having trouble with a certain child, it's like we need this huge overhaul, right? Or we need to give up altogether. Like we're never going to get it. But really, it's about the cumulative tweaks that we do to our own parenting and that they make in their own choices that really add up to improvements overall and so not giving up and realizing it's just little tweaks here and there and then realizing it'll have a big result i think it's the same exact thing absolutely you know people are frequently asking me you have four kids you work with your husband you have this business how do you do it all Mm -hmm. and honestly it comes down to really simple little things that i do every day that help me um, live my values and my priorities and help me um, have the strength and energy and enthusiasm to do all of those things. Yeah. Can you yeah. name a few of those things? So I get up early. I get up at 5.30 a.m. And for a long time, I used to think people who got up at 5.30 a.m. were crazy. <laughs> and then one day I, 
I woke up early and I realized everyone's still asleep. I can get out of the house and just go be by myself and nobody's going to hit me in the face in the face with a milk bottle to wake up to that, which is what I'd been waking up to. My son would come in at like 7 a.m. and say, more milk, mom, more milk. <laughs> and I didn't want to wake up like that anymore. And I, I realized I needed time to myself. So I wake up at 5.30 a.m. and I go to a gym because it's raining most of the time here. <laughs> I go to the gym and I work out and I push my body really hard. Tony Robbins says something that when you push yourself physically, it gives you strength physically and emotionally. Mm. And I do that because I need that emotional strength every day. And so I go push myself really hard in the morning, and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but on, I notice a huge difference in my day when I start my day that way. Um, I read scriptures and I meditate every day. And that's something that really helps me stay grounded and focused on what's most important to me because it's so, we live in such a noisy world. Yeah. You think about it, we're constantly being distracted with phone calls, texts, emails, all day long. And it's really important to know what do I want in life? What are my values? What's most important to me? And so doing that gives me a chance to really focus on what matters most. And to get the um, spiritual strength that I need for the day. Um, I also am really particular about what I eat. Um, I only drink water, water and sparkling water. Mm -hmm. I I avoid coffee and tea because I don't want my body to be reliant on caffeine. Mm. Um, And I focus on eating really healthy, fresh food because it makes me feel good. It makes my body feel good, which makes my mind work and helps me keep um, a really clear mind. So those are just like simple little things. All of that adds up to a, a, a greater difference than where I was just 10, 10 years ago when I started mm-hmm. on this journey. I see. And at that time, I wasn't careful about what I was putting in my mouth, and I... I wasn't waking up early, and I wasn't taking care of myself physically, emotionally, mentally. And over time, I have developed these habits, um, and it just starts with little things. You know, for the mother who is listening to me and thinks, 5.30 a.m., that's just so overwhelming. I totally get it. What if you tried just waking up 10 minutes earlier than you usually do? Mm-hmm. Wake up 10 minutes earlier and go for a walk or stretch or meditate. And start with just one thing. What's one thing I could change that would help me feel better? Another thing that I do is just little, and it's I am very particular about what kind of media I consume. Mm. So I even took off the news app off of my phone because I had heard a statistic that three minutes of negative news can affect you for up to eight hours a day. Mm. And I just thought, I don't need any distractions in my life. I'm just going to cut that out. So I, I took the news app off my phone, and I don't even get those alerts that give me the news headlines anymore. Um, I don't watch reality TV. I don't watch much TV at all. My family likes to watch. We do watch the old MacGyver series <laughs> sometimes. My kids love it. It's such a good show, Jessica. Where do you even uh, find it? How do you watch it? It's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> And I, the reason we love it so much is he's such a creative problem solver, sure. and 
he's a guy with morals and values, and you don't see that very much in That's TV true. these days. He mm-hmm. has a conscience, and he, it's something that we've noticed. He doesn't kill people. So frequently in the episodes, the bad guys end up killing themselves. Mm. <laughs> it's just so funny. Which is unfortunate, but, it's just so but hey, yeah. <laughs> so it's super clean, and um, there is one episode, though, that was really scary. It had to do with ants. So don't watch the ant episode. Oh, okay. It's scary. Okay. <laughs> but my, and my boys are a little bit older. My oldest sure. is 12, 10, and 8. My boys love it. Yeah. And it's just clean, and it's fun, and it's adventurous. That's awesome. So I guess if people um, ask you how you do it all, it's it's that it's that you're not doing it all all, but you're doing what is most important to you. That's what I hear you're saying. Like you truly are living the life that you want to live. You're doing everything you want to be doing, but it doesn't necessarily look like somebody else's life. You're not keeping the same hours or doing the same things as somebody else. You're not doing what you think you should be doing according to society. You're doing what is dictated by your values. Absolutely. And I love what you said, what you should be doing. Yeah. If there is ever a time in my life where I say that I should do this, it really, I want to stop and take notice of that because everything that I, anything that I do in life, I want to do it because I choose to do it. Mm. And I had noticed that word, I should do this. I had noticed that I've been saying that to myself a lot Mm. and it was not healthy and I was telling myself and like I was even asking God what should I do yeah and in the end he wants me to choose Mm. and just like I noticed I was doing things because I felt like my husband thought I should be doing them and that doesn't make me happy it doesn't make him happy Mm -hmm. and I really tried to shift my thinking from I should do this to I choose this and it really it's so subtle but it's something that takes me from victim mode to really empowered powerful mode Mm. and it's again one of those little changes something little that I can do that has a huge impact and you could be still doing the same exact activities you know you're still exercising you're still reading your scriptures you're still eating a certain way you're still spending time with your kids but instead of feeling obligated and you're shooting into those things instead you're taking the control back and saying because these things matter that yes. is why I am choosing to do them. Yes. I love so that. powerful. And this yeah. is how you feel when you're saying that to yourself. Yeah. You know, when, I, when I say to myself, I should do this, I don't feel good inside. It's, it's right. not a good feeling. But when I say I choose this, it's so powerful. Yeah, I, I should clean up the kitchen versus... I'm going to clean up the kitchen because it's going to make me feel better and then I can do something else, you know? Like I'm yeah, choosing to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I should be playing Legos with my son or I'm choosing to play Legos with my son and it's actually yes. more fun than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, and that's you'll great. You'll notice as you're aware of this kind of thing that at least I noticed when you talked about I should play Legos with my son. My daughter loves to play board games. Mm-hmm. And I used to say that to myself. I should yeah. play a board game with her. And I would notice in my mind I was trying to rush her through it. Yeah. And when I can choose to do it, I'm really present. And I'm very in the moment with her. And I can, like, let go of all of those, um, my to-do lists. Yeah. And just be there with her. And I think that's really important because kids are so sensitive to our own emotions, probably more than we are. And they're affected by them. 
you know, so everybody in our life is affected by those emotions that we are feeling inside. And the more that we can keep ourselves in a calm, relaxed, positive state, the better our relationships are going to be. So it's something that I'm working on right now, especially with my daughter who I'm with all day. I really want to be present with her. Yeah, and it's not an overnight shift. Making those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Just talking real quickly, we get a lot of questions about marriages and spouses and relationships and things like that. Now you work full-time with your husband. How is that working together? Has there ever been times where you're like, ooh, how about this? Like, is this the right thing? Or how's that going? <laughs> so that's a great question. It's one I get a lot. And recently I heard something from a woman. Her name's JJ Virgin. She has a podcast. Mm. And she said that, Owning your own business is the best self-development course you could ever take. Mm. And I feel like the same is true for owning a business with your spouse. I feel like we have had the opportunity to really hone in our communication skills and learn how to work together effectively and in a loving way that ultimately leads us to the greatest possible outcome. Mm. Um, I think that story that I shared earlier about those moments of doubt when my when I was ready to give up and my husband believed in me um, is a great example of how working with my spouse to me is one of my greatest advantages. Mm. And I, you know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect at all. I don't know that any partnership or marriage is perfect, but I feel like because we are both looking for the best outcome. Um, and focused on that, and one thing that really helps us is, and again, this is a process, but learning to take my emotions out of it. Mm. As human beings, we love to attach meanings and emotions to everything, and if I can let go of my meanings that I'm attaching to things that he's saying or my emotions and really just look at it non-emotionally, and try and rationally understand what he's trying to say to me, and knowing that it's coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. We've had some of our best relationship conversations around business. Yeah. And I really just feel like it's one of our greatest competitive advantages. I really do. And I feel like because we're in it to the end and beyond, <laughs> um, it, it makes our business stronger yeah. in our marriage. I love that. I think that's amazing. And like anything that involves a lot of stress, whether it's adding children or a move or financial strain or business, whatever it is, anytime you're making decisions with another person and working closely with somebody, you know, there's going to be times where you don't see eye to eye, but realizing, taking the emotion out and being like, it's okay, but how can we constructively kind of work through that? I think that's beautiful. Totally. And it's also really good to understand one another's strengths. Yeah. And there are times when I feel like, okay, he's stronger in this area, and I know that, so I'm going to let him take the lead on this. Yeah. Or vice versa. I'm stronger in this area, and and he understands that, so he's going to let me take the lead. So it's really understanding one another's strengths and being able to take your emotion out of it. It really helps make a stronger marriage and stronger business. Yeah. So what do you hope for Pudge? Where would you like to see it go in this next little bit? So Pudge has always been about simplifying parenthood, and lately I've been asking myself, why? 
why does that matter? Mm. What's so important about simplifying parenthood? And for me, it comes down to kids grow up so fast. And this time that we have with them is so precious. And I want parents to be able to be present with their kids. And for me, as a designer, that means eliminating the distractions. And so that's why our products are so simple. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be able to enjoy this precious time with your kids. So right now, what everybody sees is physical product. And it's something that I'm really good at and I'm strong in. But at the same time, I feel like there are a lot of things that I do in my personal life, stuff that we've talked about on this podcast and ways that I live my life that are also simplifying parenthood. Yes. And so I'm starting to figure out ways I can share that with people yeah. through podcasts like this, mm-hmm. um, maybe through a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe through parenting courses, and maybe it's just something simple like a blog. You, you've talked about my Insta stories, and then I also do a lot of Facebook Lives because I really love the idea of connecting to people. Yeah. And for a long time, I really felt like I want to connect with my community more. And how do I do that? And I had heard this quote that said, boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I want all that. I can do life. that, yeah. I'm going to do something bold today. And I turned on the computer, and I did Facebook Live. Yeah. And it was such a rush to connect with people um, as if we were in the same room and to be able to answer their questions and have a conversation, I really enjoyed it. And so I've been doing it since. And I love connecting with people on a very human level. So you're going to see more of that from Punch in the future. Yay, as that's well awesome. As awesome products. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and I've been loving your Insta stories and Facebook lives. People can follow you um, on Pudge Baby on Instagram and then at Pudge on Facebook. Is that how they find you? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, people should definitely follow you, and this will all be in the show notes as well in case people are multitasking and driving right now. But um, I love so much these simple tips like what we've been talking about today and just your insights into motherhood and into life and into self-awareness and things. There was something you mentioned the other day that was a question that you ask yourself when something, when there's a kind of a challenging situation, you ask yourself one question. Do you remember what that was? Yes. What, what was it? What is good about this? What is so good about said, this? Or how is this a gift? How is this a gift? Yeah. And so if your child is struggling to put their shoes on for school and get out the door, you're asking yourself in your mind, how is this a good thing or how is this a gift? And so what would yes. you what would you say in that moment? Like what would your answer hypothetically be? You know, we have so much in the world that is negativity and it brings us down. And we've talked about this in this podcast. And being able to make that mental switch mm-hmm. and focus on the good it changes you, yes. and I've noticed this in my own life. And so when my kids are down about something or, you know, we all have these negative thoughts, and they start to bring us down, and I ask myself, how is this a gift, or what is good about this? Mm-hmm. So those moments when my daughter's not putting her shoes on or struggling putting her shoes on, how is this a gift? It's a chance for me to get down next to her on her level, be close to her, Try and show her patience through my own example. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And to just get an extra moment where we can look one another in the eye and I can help her relax and get rid of the frustration and show her how to be in control, how we can be in control of our emotions. Mm. And, you know, 
put her shoes on with her and go out the door relaxed and right. refreshed and ready for the day. I love it. That's such a great question. I thought that was so insightful. Katie, I could talk to you all day, but I know you got bathtubs to make and children to tend to. Yeah. But I always ask my guests one final question, Katie, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it's very emotional again. I would tell my pre-mother self to let go of the doubt and the fear and the lack of confidence and to um, not be so afraid to become a mother, not be so afraid to start a business and not be so afraid. You know, now I'm putting myself out there more and there's a lot of fear associated with that because I make myself so vulnerable mm. and just let go of that fear and that doubt because those negative emotions don't serve us no it find a way to feel good inside one thing I tell women who are dealing with mom guilt which we all deal with is to replace that guilt with gratitude or find something that you're grateful for in that moment. So for me, I feel that mom guilt when I drop my daughter off and I go to work. And I have to remind myself to be grateful that she has a wonderful home to go to when I'm at work and a good friend who's taking care of her, who loves her, and is providing wonderful growing opportunities for her. And so rather than feel that guilt, feel gratitude. Mm. That's so simple. It's so simple and yet so hard to do. <laughs> but it's a good mantra, right? I'm going to replace <laughs> guilt with gratitude. I'm going to replace yeah. guilt with grat gratitude. And just like repeating that in your mind, I think those simple reminders and those affirmations can really change the course of our day. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Awesome. It's all about being in a good state, as Tony Robbins says. Yes, yes. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your motherhood journey today and your story of Pudge. I learned so much about your business, and I know it's going to be so interesting to people that already know bits and pieces of you, but I feel like we got to dive even deeper today. So this was just so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. This it was a pleasure. This has been awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Wasn't that a great conversation with Katie? I want to thank her so much for being on the show. She inspires me so much as a mom, as a business person, and as just a self-aware woman. She's really figured out at this stage in her life what she values and how to best live out that life that she wants to create according to those values. It doesn't need to look like anybody else's life. All that matters is that she's living true to what she knows is her top values. And she's doing that, and it sounds like she's just thriving we can all do that in our own lives. So thank you so much for sharing, Katie. You can check out Pudge and all of her products. We're linking to everything in the show notes at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can follow her at PudgeBaby on Instagram, Pudge on Facebook, Pudge.com. Of course, they're just everywhere. So everything's on the, on the website. You can follow me on Instagram at JessicaDalquist3 on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And I love it when you leave ratings and reviews. Thank you so much. It helps people to find the podcast and I love hearing your positive words. I also love hearing about Extraordinary Moms that you know. And if you want to email me, jessica at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. You can always tell me if you're an Extraordinary Mom, if you know an Extraordinary Mom that you think that I should have on the show. And um, it's a great way for me to expand the sphere that I'm currently aware of of Extraordinary Moms. Because I know there's people that I have no clue about that are doing extraordinary things today. 
So thank you so much for messaging me and, and sharing those thoughts as well. I am so glad to report that I'm bringing back Friday episodes. Lately in the new year, I've just been doing two episodes a month on Fridays, but I'm really missing you guys. I'm missing conversing with you and sharing my thoughts of motherhood with you. And I also want to bring back some past guests. So what we're going to do going forward is on Fridays, I'm going to have my usual Friday episodes, the first Friday of the month where I am um, sharing a more informational type topic. And the last Friday of the month is going to be our Extraordinary Mom of the Month award winner. That will not change. And then the Fridays in between will either be revisiting with a past guest or just me sharing my thoughts or things I've been thinking about, bringing on other experts, things like that. And I'm so excited to, to do that for you and to really increase my my conversations with you during the month. I have missed it and I've been debating going back and forth. Is it worth the time and everything? But you've reached out telling me that you miss them as well. And so I think we're all on the same page and I can't wait to reach out to you on Friday. So this Friday, I'm actually talking with Heather Avis. She's been here before episode 21, sharing about her family, her adoption journey, and her children with Down syndrome. Her book has just released, The Lucky Few. You can pick it up on Amazon today or at Barnes & Noble or anywhere the books are sold. It is the most beautiful, beautiful book. It's a tribute to her children and a tribute to her journey. And it is an amazing story. And I get to talk with her explicitly about the book. I know that she's been here twice before, but we talk about brand new things this Friday. And it is a deep and loving, wonderful conversation that I hope you'll join me with on Friday. So, I hope everyone has an awesome week and I'll see you on Friday for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Have a great day.